right, let's get to COVID. And I have a final thought where I got a letter from a uh, anti-vaxxer. <laughs> you got to hear this letter. It attacks me. All right. And that's the final thought of the day. So I hope you hang tough. All right. So kids uh, and COVID is the big story now with COVID. All right. Uh, 252,000 children have tested positive for COVID in the past week. One week, beginning of school, 253 American children, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. Okay. Now, by comparison, in the last week in school in June, 8,400 cases COVID among kids. So it's gone from 8,400 to 252,000 week from June to September. This is because of that Delta variant, which is so contagious. It's just wiping out. And children under 12 are not getting the vaccination because it has not been approved by the federal government. All right. So if you're 12 and under, you don't get vaxxed. And only 15 percent of Americans aged 12 to 18 are vaxxed. So you could see what a colossal problem this is in the nation's schools. Now, a new poll, and I do not believe this poll, but again, I report this to you because it is public information and I'm not blacking out anything, but I don't believe this poll, so you know. It's done by Axios, which is a left-wing internet site, and it says, um, thinking now about your oldest child, age 5 to 17, do you support or oppose mandates requiring students and staff to wear masks at your child's school? Now, why would they throw the word oldest child? It doesn't, all of this stuff is really dubious. So 59% of those who answered this poll and more than 12,000, no, 10,000 adults did. 59% of the 10,000 answered the poll say we support mass mandates in school. That's way too high. Uh, support mass mandates for unvaccinated students and staff, 10%. Oppose all mass mandates, 30%. I think it's more like 60-40 myself. 60% of Americans would or do support masks being worn in school and 40 opposed. My opinion, I could be wrong. Okay, so the more kids that get sick, the more power the progressives have to impose COVID mandates. So I'm not going to say they're rooting for kids to get sick, but it benefits that wing. There's no doubt about it. And I'm following this story very, very closely. The other story uh, that's getting some attention is the Fauci sending money to Wuhan lab story. Now, as you know, if you watch me, I don't have any use for Fauci at all. I think he's a political hack. I thought he was a hack under Trump. I think he's a hack under Biden. I think if he moved to uh, Lithuania, he'd still be a hack. That's just my uh, assessment of him. Now, you have to follow me closely here because this is misreported everywhere. But you'll get the truth from me, your pal. Anthony Fauci heads up, okay, the, let me get this great. He heads up the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID. 
All right. He's the director and he's been there forever. Again, it's the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. They gave the Wuhan lab in China seven million dollars. That thing. Fauci says that was just for general research. Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky, and others say, no, Fauci knew that the Wuhan lab was doing experiments on gain-of-function research. Now, listen, I'm going to go very slow. This is very important. Gain-of-function research, which nobody understands, is simple. It is a program that wants to take viruses and increase their transmissibility in weapon form. All the major powers do it. We do it here in America. We have virus called biological warfare. All right. China was doing that in the Wuhan lab. Gain of function. Fauci says, we didn't know that. I didn't know that. And I'm not sure it even happened. This is Fauci's line. Now, we can't prove that Fauci knew it. Nobody can prove it. So when Rand Paul goes, I was a liar. He lies, a lies, a lies. He should have known it. Fauci should have known it. But did he know it? He's going to say, I didn't know it. Or it didn't happen. And the Chinese are never going to admit it. Ever going to admit it. So you're never going to get 100% certainty on the Fauci story. What's important for you to know is that Fauci is not trustworthy. That's it. When he comes on, the thumb, see this thumb? Clicks. And he goes off. Because I don't believe anything the man says. Because he has no credibility. The Biden administration has not been able to shed any light on how COVID got out of Wuhan and now kill 5 million people all over the planet. Okay, how, how did that happen? Nobody knows. Is Biden even looking? Does he even care? Now, he's going to talk about COVID tomorrow at the UN. Is he going to bring that up? Hey, what's the deal on the Wuhan lab? Chinese people? I think it's important for the world to know how that virus got out. And a guy who agrees with me is named Kevin Brock. He is a former assistant director for, of intelligence for the FBI. He served in the bureau 24 years. Mr. Brock joins us now from Washington. So I read your column on this. You're very concerned about the origin of COVID. How do you see it now? Well, I see it as a as a a, both a deception and a distraction. Frankly, you mentioned earlier that the president's heading to New York to talk about climate change. Now think about that for a minute. We spend a lot of energy in this country worrying about potential catastrophic uh, outcomes from, from climate change, most of it theoretical, frankly, depending on what part of the science community you listen to. Here we have 600,000 Americans dead in the last year and a half. That's half of our war total in our history. 600,000 people dead 
who would not otherwise have been dead except for the virus that came from China. So you would think we would have more than just a passing curiosity about how this virus started, where it came from, was it was it genetically engineered? Was it an accident of nature? How was it released, et cetera? Instead, we got a 90-day sprint study ordered by the Biden administration uh, to study the origins of COVID. The conclusions was a shoulder shrug. We don't know. You got an intelligence community that's well-armed to get intelligence out of China telling us and asking us to believe that they have a low confidence assessment and that they have really no idea as to how all of this started. Okay. Now, you know the Chinese are never going to cooperate by allowing uh, any public interviewing or forensics or anything like that at the Wuhan lab. You know that they're just simply not going to do it. So I'm playing devil, devil's advocate here. If I'm the president, and I don't want to destroy unilateral relations with China, if I don't want to tee them off because we do a lot of business with them and, you know, we don't want to get into a, a real conflict with them, do I push hard and humiliate China at the UN tomorrow? What do I do? Uh, I think there's leverage for the president to apply international pressure. I've been, frankly, astounded the fact that the United Nations unilaterally hasn't really spoken out on this. They're, they show common interest every day in hu human health issues from water to, to, to medicines, to all types of things. And yet it's, it's like crickets when it comes to COVID. Yeah, the, what, the, the World Health Organization's in bed with China, are they not? Well, it, you know, there, there's such an entanglement. China, you've got to handle it, hand it to them. They have created an intelligence apparatus that has... Uh, that has leveraged relationships around the world. They've created a market that, that has become an existential market for some of our, our biggest tech companies in this country. Uh, you've got politicians in this country that have uh, you know, been put in positions to where we can legitimately question or whether there's a conflict of interest behind their motivations to include um, the, the relationships that the Biden family had set up prior to be, becoming president of the United States, his family, their business interests in, in, in China. All of these are legitimate questions for inquiring minds to ask and, uh, and should be followed up on and, and uh, demand uh, some type of accountability. We have an accountability deficit in this country. You're talking about General Milley and others. You know, where, where bad things happen and nobody is held responsible. Absolutely. And that's been going on for a while now. Uh, although the press did hold Trump responsible for everything that went wrong. And now doesn't hold Biden responsible for anything that goes wrong. How, when did you leave the bureau, Mr. Brock? 2007. Okay. So you've been out for a while. Yes. Many people don't know this, but FBI has foreign offices in dozens of places correct? Oh, about 99 uh, cities now. Okay. So when you saw Afghanistan topple and the failure of U.S. intelligence there, maybe it didn't fail. Maybe Biden just said, screw you. I'm not going to listen to what you say. Maybe that happened. I mean, it's all classified, so we can't know. Um, but when you saw that, because there's FBI office in Kabul, um, and I'm sure they got out real quick before everybody else. 
But what were you thinking? I mean, I was stunned at the lack of knowledge the United States of America had about the situation in Afghanistan. And that's that's the sad thing about this. The American people are left with the impression that the United States has almost amateurish intelligence collection uh, capabilities at this point. Looking at Afghanistan, looking at the Wuhan uh, uh, virology lab, how could we produce intelligence products that were so inadequate as to leave you know leave us questioning whether or not we've got an intelligence service at all? I don't believe it for a minute. We have a very good intelligence service and they collect well. Analysts will provide opinions and provide analysis, but as that analysis makes its way up through the, the upper ranks, it gets molded, it gets shaped, and ultimately uh, it's decided by the, by the administration as to how it's going to be presented. So uh, don't think for a minute that we're, we're shortchanged on our intelligence capabilities. In some areas, Afghanistan was damaged, but I think there's uh, a greater concern the decisions were made uh, and ig- by ignoring the intelligence. Okay, and Millie has got to be held accountable one way or the other because she's in charge of the Pentagon. Final question. I believe that uh, from my knowledge of the situation, which is not nearly as good as yours, that there was uh, research going on in the Wuhan lab about this COVID, uh, and they were trying to a, figure out how bad this was, and maybe we can make it worse because biological weaponry is research is done almost in every country that has any semblance of a scientific community, as you know. I mean, we did it out here at Plum Island on Long Island, where I live, okay? So I believe that that research was going on, and then there, as you see in these crazy Hollywood movies, something went wrong, some people got infected inside the lab, went out, boom. That to me is the most logical scenario. I don't believe the Chinese did it on purpose, released COVID on purpose, and that's what this internet nuts are uh, saying all day long. What's your take on the likely scenario? Well, and that's why we need an investigation to get to the likely scenario. But here, here we have a situation where a year and a half ago, most Americans didn't even had never heard the term gain of function or, or even aware that this type of research is going on on viruses to, to study them and perhaps make them even stronger. Uh, and in, in some cases, um, you know, weaponized. Uh, we were all a little bit surprised uh, at hearing at the extent of this. And then further surprised that there was cooperation between the United States government and the Wuhan lab to extent where there may be funding involved. And, and now there appears to be a, a, a lot of backtracking and even efforts to cover that up. So a lot of this is just uh, too suspicious. I think just to answer your question directly, uh, it probably is a bridge too far to speculate that this was purposefully weaponized and released on the world um, because um, you know it's hard to contain once that release happens. But what is disturbing is the fact that once the Chinese discovered it, they shut down all domestic travel in China to Wuhan, but allowed international travel, particularly the United States, after that. That's a fact. So, right. yeah, they so didn't, that, that, didn't care about anybody else. They also put the army to ring Wuhan, nobody in, nobody out. Um, and that, that's the key to the whole thing. Mr. Brock, we really appreciate it. Thank you for taking uh, the time. If you see anything else uh, on this uh, COVID story, let us know right away, okay? Because we're very interested in it. Thank you.
So in UK, they did a study on the kids, five to 17. This is from the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health Journal. It said most children with COVID recover within a week. It's like the flu. But now you've got this hue and cry uh, to have the kids masked up in school. So I want to talk to uh, one of the best experts in the country about that. And he comes to us from Nashville, Tennessee. Dr. William Schaffner is a professor of infectious diseases at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. First of all, in the stats that I just gave, did anything um, strike you, stand out? Well, I'm, I have a great deal of respect, Bill, for the American Academy of Pediatrics, but I was surprised that a substantial number of states have not had any admissions of children for COVID to their hospitals. That seems anomalous. I would like to explain that. When he said yeah, well, that, I, I mean, I, I, that, it, that caught my eye, too. That caught my eye. Because what's happened here in Tennessee just recently, let me give you just three quick numbers. In early July, we had about four children in all of the hospitals in Tennessee admitted with COVID. Mid-July, it went up to 17. And as of Friday, it was 27. So it's clearly increasing. And some of those children are in pediatric intensive care units, which is pretty darn unusual. Our commissioner of health, who's a pediatrician, is really worried about this. Uh, All right. So you went from four kids to 27 kids with this uh, variant. And those are those are human beings under the age of 18. Correct. Correct. Okay. so that's still a very small number of the population of Tennessee. You're not. um, And remember, again, I'll remind everybody, be 12 birth to 12, no vaccine. Okay, you don't get it. But. When there's an article in the uh, Wall Street Journal on the op-ed page by two esteemed doctors, and, and we checked them out, and they're very, very, you know, credible. They say that wearing a mask in most situations does more harm than good to the student, especially the teenage student. It's more harm than good, so that, that the cure is worse than the disease here. But you don't believe that, do you? Well, first of all, let me tell you, of the two, I know one of them pretty well, and I do respect him, but his view is very different than that of the American Academy of Pediatrics, which undoubtedly your staff has told you has recommended that every child who goes to school uh, should be wearing a mask this fall. And I certainly agree with that, and the pediatricians here at uh, Vanderbilt certainly agree with that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, but, I would but have if, a difference. If the transmission level is so low, now, why, why, and, and, you know, 27 states don't have any cases in those states where there isn't a lot of uh, Delta or COVID in general, why would you impose that on children? Well, first of all, I'm not sure about those numbers. I'd have to look at that again. Uh, happy to do that with you sometime and the AAP. But I think what we're trying to do is Uh, prevent cases. We don't know how much transmission is occurring. We can hold two thoughts in our mind at the same time. There may be a fair amount of low symptomatic spread that's not being tested, relatively few people getting sick, but as children come together in schools, we don't, what we want to do is avoid an explosion of cases in schools across the country. 
And of course, the, there are a number of ways to do that. Everybody who should be vaccinated should be vaccinated. And then what we do is, in addition, put another layer of protection out to reduce transmission, particularly to the youngsters. I don't I see. I disagree. And I'm not a medical person. I'm coming at it from a more uh, of a common sense point of view. So what I would do if I were the governor of any state, what I would allow each school district to make the decision and then parents would be involved in that. So if you wanted your child to wear a mask, then the child could wear the mask. But if you said no, the child didn't have to. I would require teachers in the classroom to be vaccinated. I would absolutely do that. All right. And anybody, any adult on the campus would have to be vaccinated because you just don't want you want to cut down any potential danger. And I would also require in a school district that has a spike or a school district that has a school itself that then it would change. Um, and then the principal could say public health, we'll have to wear masks or we're all off for the week. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a little bit better than one size fits all, pardon the pun? Well, uh, first of all, we're a little bit closer than you might think. Uh, I like everything you said, and I would add something. If the local health department determines that there's a high rate of transmission in that community, then I think masks No argument from me. Um, If there's a high rate of transmission and a public health alert, which these people should be getting out. But otherwise, doctor, you're talking about the flu. So every year kids get the flu and they're in the schools. and, 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 you know, as the British study showed, you know, five days are out of the flu. And the and the downside of the mask is substantial. Last word. Well, I don't think the downside of the mask is very substantial at all. And we have to remember, every child who's infected and, and gets sick, for that family, it's 100%. There have been over, over 300 children that have died of COVID in the United States. We can keep that number even lower if, you know, we, we don't want it to grow. We want to keep that number as low as possible. All right, Doc. Thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. It was very nice to talk to you. Thank you, Bill. Okay, so Pfizer says that uh, it's got a vax for kids ages 5 to 11. It's very effective in fighting COVID. Again, I'm not going to get into this. I'm not a medical scientist. I'm not a doctor. You should have a pediatrician if you have kids 5 to 11. And that pediatrician should advise you on what to do. All right. There have been about 250,000 cases of COVID among children um up until september 9th so it's around obviously another study uh from the cdc says that moderna is more effective after a period of time than the pfizer vaccine fending off the infection again that's what the cdc says a lot of people don't believe the cdc any longer you know i got the moderna and i'm obviously happy with it so far, but I know people who got it and got and got COVID, but their symptoms were not as intense. Um, An FDA, that's the Federal Drug Administration, has voted against recommending Pfizer booster shots. Okay, but the same crew says 
well, if you're over 65, it's okay. See, this just creates mass, mass confusion. So why are you recommending, not recommending for everybody, but over 65? <laughs> confusion. And finally, our favorite guy, Dr. Anthony Fauci, says if you want to fly on an airline, you got to get vaxxed. Roll the tape. Would you support a vaccine mandate for airline travel? I would. So I would support that if you want to get on a plane and travel with other people, that you should be vaccinated. He's good. All right. Uh, Louisiana State University, LSU, the Tigers have begun, listen to this word, unenrolling students, unenrolling, not kicking them off campus, throwing them out of school, unenrolling if you're not vaxxed. So far, 78 students have been unenrolled or resigned from the school. And this is not going to end. All right. So college kids are going to have to get vaxxed. They want to go to college. LSU. That's not uh, Brown. LSU is not a crazy left campus, or at least it didn't used to be. San Francisco is nutty left as you can possibly get in North America. Okay. So the mayor there, London Breed, a woman. Okay. Well, she went dancing, I guess, over the weekend in an indoor nightclub, and she didn't have a mask on. Even though, according to her citywide mandate, this is the mayor, all right, masks must be worn inside everywhere, unless you're actively eating or drinking, regardless of vaccination status. But this doesn't pertain to Mayor Breed, apparently, is what she said. My drink was sitting at the table. I got up and started dancing because I was feeling the spirit. And I wasn't thinking about a mask. I was thinking about having a good time. And in the process, I was following the health orders. Feeling the spirit. Uh, uh, People of San Francisco elected her. I guess they felt the spirit to vote for her. So no mask for, uh, I was feeling the spirit. So the next time some mandate pops up and you're caught on the wrong side of it, you just tell the authorities, you know, I was feeling the spirit just like Mayor London Breed of San Francisco. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Australia has the most severe lockdown in the world. Do you know that? 
Well, a lot of people aren't real happy with it. There's mass demonstrations over the weekend in Melbourne, uh, second largest city in Australia. And uh, 235 people were arrested, 10 police officers hurt. And this is really getting intense. You can't even come out of your house in some parts of Australia because of the COVID lockdown. And now people are taken to the streets. Now, that's been going on in France for a while. But Australia, that can get out of control. Times Square in New York, they had an anti-vaxxer thing, um, the World Freedom Rally, but it was largely peaceful. No arrests, according to the NYPD. Nobody hurt. That's good. I mean, look, you want to you uh, demonstrate, just do it peacefully. All right? We respect dissent here. Now, fear is driving the unvaccinated. People who don't want to be vaccinated, largely afraid. There is a level of defiance in this thing. So there are people that go, the government's not going to tell me what to do uh, with my body, uh, you know, all of that. There is that. Now, remember, polio vaccine, the federal government did not, did not mandate that you take polio vaccine. Every state in the union did. That's what I'm telling you. Biden's not going to mandate. It's a state by state. All right, measles, you want to send your kid to public school, you got to be vaccinated. So the states are going to be going forward, the ones that tell you what you can and can't do about COVID. All right, let's bring in Dr. Daniel Bober. He's our go-to mental health guy. He's out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, a very articulate, honest man. So uh, did I just uh, make a mistake by saying the unvaccinated are driven by fear and defiance? Do you think I'm wrong in that assessment? No, I think what you're saying is tremendous, and I think it's really helpful to everyone out there to have that message which promotes public health. Uh, But yeah, you would think that this would be pretty simple stuff, right? Common sense. Vaccines are over 90% effective. But there is an element of fear out there because they feel like the vaccine was not adequately tested. And of course, there's the defiance aspect, which is fine, except for the fact that when you're defiant, your behavior has a direct impact on society. So uh, I think that's a little bit absurd to have that mentality. Now, you're a psychiatrist and you see many people. How do you deal with fear? Because uh, in my lifetime, most of the people that I have known are afraid to some extent. It's normal. My father, a big, tough, macho man, was very afraid of almost everything because of the Great Depression. Because of that horror, he carried it. My mother was afraid. Uh, I didn't get the gene. I'm not really afraid of much um, because I'm not smart enough to be afraid. I think that might be part of it. But you know what I'm talking about. A lot of people have irrational fears. So how do you treat that? Well, listen, as a general rule, people are much more driven by emotion than they are by logic. You know, it's the same reason that people get on a plane and they are afraid the plane's going to crash, even though their chance of dying in an auto wreck is much greater. Uh, So I think you just have to really use the statistics, use the facts to try to tell them. You're talking talking to the patient, comes in, pays you a good buck for you to help them. And And they're fearful of the vaccine. They say, oh, I think it's a plot or I think the government is doing this and they're going to plant a microchip in me or whatever it may be. You heard I've it heard all. that before. Yeah, you've heard it all. 
How do you do yeah, it? You have to. I, I, you have to. You have to challenge their belief system by giving them the evidence and showing them that their beliefs are irrational and that they don't comport with the science. That's how you do it by confronting their distorted and flawed belief system. But you know, a lot of people are never going to cop to that. They're just not. They're going to say, well, that's what I think. And that's too bad if you don't think the same way. Is there a, a therapeutic way to holistically, rather than say you're a moron because you're irrational, is there a way to get into that psychology and bring their fear level down? So the best way to do it, believe it or not, is a technique that they use in people who are addicts. It's called motivational interviewing, which is basically not necessarily being confrontational, but trying to have more of a dialogue about what the evidence is. But then there are people that, believe it or not, are so out of touch with reality that the only thing that's going to bring them down is probably medication. So it's a it's a wide spectrum of, you know, different attitudes. Would you say that 30 percent of the American public is, you know, irrational at this point, not just on covid, but just on life in general? Bill, I'm going to tell you a crazy statistic. Forty percent of the medical personnel in my hospital have not taken the vaccine or don't believe in the vaccine. That's medical professionals. Have you discussed it with them? Have they told you why? They're in contact, obviously, with other people. Why they wouldn't protect those other people? Have you talked to them a, about a, it? Um, a lot of them don't trust the vaccine. They don't trust the process, even though, quite frankly, the creation of the vaccine was probably one of the greatest scientific feats in human history. But a lot of them feel like the process was rushed. Okay. Now, you know, and I guess they know as well, that pretty soon... Although Florida is a, is a very um, a um, libertarian state at this point. But your hospital could say you can't work here. How many of them would fold under that pressure? I think you would see a lot of them come into line if that were the case. I personally think that it should be up to the states to determine whether there are mask mandates. In Florida, I think there should be a mask mandate. Uh, because of the current widespread, you know, COVID infections right now. But again, that's not uh, the tack the governor is taking. No, DeSantis never going to do that. He's just not. Unless it gets to be a lot of death, you know, people dying. Um, right. Anyway, doctor, always, uh, always good to talk to you. Thank you for helping us out as always. And uh, we'll talk again soon, I hope. Great to see you, Bill. It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late. You're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a
a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today. Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield Warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. Okay, so let's get to the mail. John Carpenter, San Carlos, California. Regarding the General Milley incident, why is everybody quiet on Speaker Pelosi's request to the general to remove the nuclear code from President Trump in the days following January 6th? Please tell me I'm wrong, but doesn't Pelosi's actions represent an indictment or a coup? Uh, We don't know exactly what was said. That's the problem with this. So I do believe Pelosi did speak with Milley and probably, most likely, disparaged Trump because that's what she always does. But I'm not sure about specifics. So before I go accusing anybody, I'm not like Peggy Noonan. I try to get the facts. Paul Miller, Cicero, Indiana. Bill, do you think the story about Milley is an intentional diversion so they won't bear down on Afghanistan and Biden? See, uh, this is just conspiracy stuff, uh, Paul. I know the media on the Internet is all over that. Uh, it doesn't exist. So what Milley did, he, Milley did. Woodward wanted to sell his book. He threw whatever he had in based on anonymous sources. Millie's denial is weak, so maybe Woodward's got it right. But it's not, this conspiracy stuff doesn't happen. Paul Stoneburner, Burke, Virginia, if Congress passes a multi-year budget and the monies have not yet been spent, can a subsequent Congress rescind the budget? No. A subsequent Congress can rescind laws. And a president can rescind executive orders. But once a budget is passed, then it's passed. And the monies remain with the federal government. Now, they can be reallocated because that's what Congress does. Congress is in charge of the money and the spending. Mary Mendonino, Eastern Pennsylvania. Bill, it should be no surprise that Pope Francis will not condemn President Biden for his pro-abortion stance. This, along with the Pope's climate change advocacy, has shown that even the Vatican is not immune from politics. The Vatican has never been immune from politics. In fact, the Vatican ran Europe 
for hundreds of years. It was politics. But Pope Francis, as I said last week, uh, he rightly condemned abortion as a homicide um, because that's what the Catholic Church believes. But then he won't address the Biden situation, which, you know, a little surprising, I think. Harold Edwards, uh, Almorada, Florida, on the Keys. Very nice place. New concierge member here, Bill. I'm concerned with the FAA being used to stop the drone Fox News has to show the disaster on the border. Also, what happened to the SCOTUS verdict that Biden must make uh, applying for asylum having to wait in Mexico? Well, that's still in effect. And as we discussed, Harold, and I'm glad you're a new concierge member because you can write to me directly now. Um, the Biden administration slow walking the back to Mexico policy, but it is in effect. As for the drone, government has a right in any government mandated territory, which is the border, to say what can happen there. Perfect right to do it. Now, we know why they're doing it, to keep you from knowing how bad the border is. But legally, they can do it. Tracy Wheeler, El Paso, Texas, who makes the rules for woke. And these pronouns, is it some crazy professor who enforces those rules? Is it the executive branch that decides what the woke PC stuff will be? No. Most of these woke rules are made by committees in college situations. Like if you ever hear, Tracy, gender inclusion committee, there you go. They're going to take those pronouns and wrap them around and this and that. I will never, I vow. It's he or she or husband or wife here. And it will never change. And they put me in jail, not going to change. Okay. On the message board, concierge member Elizabeth. What was the carbonated drink you recommended, Bill, when you cut your sugar? Trio. T-R-E-O. Tastes very good. Very, very little sugar. If you're drinking the sugar drinks, you're going to get chubby. And you're going to get hurt, particularly if you're older. But that drink that I just told you about is good. Valerie Bennett, Morristown, New Jersey. Bill, I think it's great that you are bringing awareness to the effects of sugar in the diet and the negative effects of marijuana use. Why isn't anyone raising the alarm about obesity? A lot of people are, but the companies that put the sugar out, Coca-Cola, the cereal companies, um, the snack companies, the cookie companies, they buy billions of dollars worth of advertising. So news agencies, the corrupt corporate media, they're not gonna allow their people to tell you sugar's killing you. Which is why you're here. Because I don't do that. I run my own corporation. I'm going to tell you the truth. Cut down on your sugar. For your own good. Robert Shirley, Smithfield, Rhode Island. Bill, do you think Black Lives Matter and Antifa groups will harass people when you have the history tour with Donald Trump? We have the best security in the world at those shows. I wouldn't worry about it. I know you're thinking about going down, I guess, to Florida, Robert on December 11th. We'll be in Lauderdale Sunrise at the 12th, Orlando, and then next weekend, Houston on the 18th, and Dallas on the 19th. 
we will have the best security you have ever seen, combination of private and secret service. Okay. You want to get our bumper sticker? Show it up there. Bumper sticker. Regret your vote yet? <laughs> With the little mad uh, eagle? Oh, these are flying out. So we have five packs. If you buy any of my books, you get two free. Word of the day, do not be Verecund, V-E-R-E-C-U-N-D, when writing to BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com. We will be back with the final thought in a moment. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings and barbecues. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Okay, so here's the final thought of the day. There's a lady mad at me in Texas. I'm not going to tell you her name, but... She's mad. Um, O'Reilly, you pretend to be unaware of how political the CDC is. The vast majority of political contributions made by employees of the CDC have gone to Democrats. Were you aware that the CDC has put new policies in place which effectively create a tiered system of diagnosis, which means unvaccinated people will find it much easier to be diagnosed with COVID than the vaccinated? Were you? Okay, look, I know no matter what I say, the anti-vaxxers are not going to get vaccinated. I know that. But Leslie, it is my job to report the truth to you. The CDC may be politicized. You could be right, okay? But it is the only authoritative body from the federal government that distributes information that we the people need. Nowhere else does that happen. If there is fraud in the CDC, if they cook the numbers, that is a felony. So I have to report the authoritative numbers. And I look at all 50 states and the overwhelming evidence is that if you are vaccinated, 
you are safer than if you are not vaccinated. And it's my job to tell you that. Now, you remember last November, I told you Donald Trump was not going to be president four or five days after the vote. I lost support. I lost premium members. Oh, he is. He's there. I knew he wasn't coming back, and I reported it. Same thing with the vaccine. The only way COVID will be defeated in any country is for the vast majority of its citizenry to be vaxxed. And those who will not get the vax, you have a right not to get it in this country, but you are putting yourself at grave risk. That's the truth. Thank you for watching No Spin News. We will see you again tomorrow.